Hey, well, good evening, folks, and welcome along to the Endless Silks podcast. This is the Friday night show. Um, I'm Anthony, and I'll be in the host uh, chair this evening. And tonight, absolutely delighted to be joined by two living legends, the two Rosses, as they are famously known as. And uh, first of all, our show regular, uh, Mr. Ross Muir. How are you tonight, mate? I'm very good, mate. Uh, just looking forward to getting back on the podcast. It's been... I think it's been over a week for I was last on, so the, the guys have uh, had a good break for my nonsense, but I uh, look forward to it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. It's always good to have you on, mate. And uh, making his uh, return to the show, we're absolutely delighted uh, and thrilled uh, to be joined from across the pond tonight by star of the big screen, the small screen, and from front and behind the camera, uh, Mr. Ross McCall has kindly joined us tonight. How are you tonight, mate? It's been a while since I've been on, so you've, we've all gotten over my nonsense too. No <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's always great great to see you, mate. And, hey, uh, first, of all, first of all, I'm just going to say, that little intro that you guys have of this show, very professional, lads. I mean, I was, yeah. I was, I was sat here like enjoying it. Going, this is great. Keep it coming. <laughs> uh, we, I need to build my way up to be a regular so that I can get on those graphics. That's oh, the- you're always welcome, my friend. Always welcome. And as I say, as I say, as the host tonight, I've got my I've got my work cut out for me as I have, like I say, the two Rosses. So tonight we're going to go with Ross, you're on my right hand side here. So I'll make you Roscoe. And uh, we'll follow the name tags, uh, Ross, and we'll go with McCall for you if you're quite happy with that. That's and uh, <laughs> on the back of the Celtic shirt, so I'm happy with it. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds good to me. Um, so McCall, as I say, great to have you on with us, and we're just going to um, get started right into it. Um, as I say, we'll talk about uh, the Harps game on Wednesday night there um, a little bit later in the show, and also look ahead to our Scottish Cup uh, clash with them tomorrow. But I just thought we'd kind of briefly discuss the fact that Wednesday night was. Ange Postacoglu's 100th game in charge of Celtic. Uh, phenomenal one record, obviously. Over 250 goals scored in that time. Two League Cups uh, and a League Championship and a Champions League campaign. Um, it's not been a bad a bad start to his career at Celtic. Look, I'm just going to echo what everyone else has been sort of banging on about. The truth is, when he came through the doors, we were all probably a little bit sceptical, um, not knowing, you know, that he'd come from such pedigree. And uh, I would I would say he's been one of the biggest changes for our club in recent times, you know, and I think everybody gets on board with that. What he's done is phenomenal. He's come in, he's changed the dressing room, he's changed the mentality, he's changed the, uh, the, the fan base. You know, there was something that I always remember loved when, when Brendan Rodgers came in, right? And I know, you know, he's still 50-50 with a lot of folks, but you can't argue what he did, what he did for the club. But when he came in on his first day, you know, when he came out and he started in, he was waving, the, he was swirling the flag, I don't know, the scarf. And, uh, and he looked up to the top tier and it was when the top tier had been closed off for a long time. And he said, I want that filled up. And I remember that just sort of sitting with me going, yeah, that's what we need. We need a leader that knows how to communicate with the fans and get them through the doors. And I think Brendan did that. But I think Andrew's surpassed it. I think he's come in and unified the fan base in such a way that, um, you know, it's Martin O'Neill-esque, really, for me. It's like it's a joy to watch. Um, I I love how he is with the press. I love how he takes no prisoners. I love how he just can't be bothered with anything other than the game of football, you know, which is what he's here to do. So, yeah, 100. Well done. 100 more. Let's hope. 
Here's hoping indeed. And now, uh, Roscoe, I'm going to come to you with it, the sort of same question as uh, as your namesake, Ross, had said as well. The fact that when he first came, the club was very much in the doldrums. We were faced with a massive rebuilding job and obviously the COVID season where we were, you know, unfortunately we didn't quite accomplish that that 10 in a row. And we looked a bit directionless. And of course, there was the, the Eddie Howe debacle as well. <laughs> um, but he's... It's, you know, Wally, one of our, our, our friends in show regulars, often says that even for that first press conference, you got the sense that this was a guy with a hell of a lot of substance and um, almost instantly, um, you know, he pulled a team together quite quickly and obviously bought a few guys all over from Japan that he was um, familiar with and they've went on to have incredible success. But it's, um, we've spoke about it a lot on the show, but it's just that kind of, it's that it, it, it just feels like everyone from the club, from the top down, um, but of course, Ange, most importantly, just seem to be singing uh, from the same hymn sheet at the moment. And um, the team and the supporters are reaping the benefits. Aye, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's it, Ross said it there. Uh, he's totally unified the, the whole club, for fans, to the boardroom, to the, the players, the most important on the pitch. When he first came in, I always remember, I can remember I was driving back for work and obviously it, it came a light that Eddie Howe wasn't going to come in and then that the, it sort of broke that Ange was coming in. And like most people, I was like, like what is going on? Because we just came off the back of that horrendous season where we, we didn't get the 10. Uh, and then it, was, it comes out, we're getting this guy called Postacoglu and I have to say, when I first heard it on the radio, it was just like one of the fuck's sake moments. What is going on at this club? And uh, I, I can remember just being totally like and utterly miffed by it. But like you say, Willie said it on numerous occasions. And I said it at the time. After that fr- first press conference, I heard them talking. I thought, hold on a minute here. I need to find more out about this guy because he has got my attention already. And I haven't even seen him doing anything tactical, hadn't he? his team hadn't played a game of football, but I thought, this guy, he knows what he's talking about, he, he, he had an aura about him, and he's just went for there, and growing and growing, so is the squad, the team, we've got three trophies in the bag, and he's almost two years at the club, and that moment in the van when it broke that we, he was being linked to us, I could never have thought that we'd be where we are now, talking about him in the way we are, Ross said that Martin O'Neill-esque, uh, I mean, I'm too young to remember Jock Steen, but he's got shades of that. Obviously, Jock Steen's got like, quotes that are on the wall in the halls of Parkhead, in the corridors of Parkhead. Postacoglu's already got that with us. We never stop, things like that. He's just, he's going to, for me, he's starting to do it already. Like He's starting a legacy, and I think by the time he leaves this club, He's going to have left a legacy. He's an absolute man mountain and an elite manager, and I'm absolutely privileged to have him. And here's to another hundred more. I think the big difference with him right now is like you know we're, we're mentioning Jock and we're mentioning Martin and we're mentioning all these people. You got to remember those those are local esque fellas. You know the, the, those all have a big connection. <coughs> the fact that Ange came in and you know didn't come from Glasgow, didn't come from Ireland, didn't come for you know he didn't have that connection. Mm-hmm necessarily mm-hmm. to the club that we all, you know, admire and want from our managers. And the fact that he's come in and rallied the support in such a strong way 
and united everybody in such a strong way is just and just what you were saying there, Ross. It was um, it's weird to say my own name. <laughs> um, but, uh, but uh, this is how other people feel. It's magic. Uh, uh, what you were saying Ross, when we uh, when we when you first saw that first press conference, I remember for me. I was in a very different part of my life two years ago. You know, I was back in London. I was I was living down in Chelsea, and I remember um, getting the news that this guy was coming in. And I watched the news interview he did in Australia, where somebody was like berating him for mm. the Australian side. And I remember just the way he kind of bit back, and you know, gave him a little bit of a dig. And I was like, oh, I like him. He's got a bit of vigor. He's got a bit, you know, he's a bit salty, which I like. Um, and so, you know, yeah, the big thing for me is. Of course, I love I love that he's becoming one of these guys like our, like our jocks and like our Martins. But the fact that he's not from our shores makes mm. it almost even more impressive to me. I uh, sorry, I, I, sorry, I was sorry. just going to I was just going to come back on that and say I, I totally that's a, a a really good point. But at the same time, I think that he, he holds certainly the way. I mean, I, I wasn't there when he was being brought up and stuff, but the way he talks and what you mm. sort of know about him, he's he has the same sort of morals and he he, he sort of lives by the way our club's sort of morals are. Uh, so oh, he he's, sort he's, of, a, he's an immigrant himself, and I guess he, aye, he exactly how the club is. Yeah, sure. Aye, he, fits, he fits that criteria, if you like. Uh, and aye, I, I, he's, I have to say at this point now, and I know he hasn't won as many trophies as Martin O'Neill did or Brendan Rodgers did at this stage, but I think the football he's bringing and the aura and the way he is with the media, I'm going to stick my neck out in the line and say he is my favourite manager in my lifetime, <laughs> and I'm touching 40 this year. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't look a day over 21, son, I tell you. Oh, gee, thanks. That's all. <laughs> and so... McCall, um, what I have to say as well that um, one of the things that, like we were saying there about how Angie he didn't come sort of locally, and one of the other big impressive things about him as well was, of course, that he, he didn't bring a single member of his own staff in with him initially. You know, normally um, any kind of manager will usually bring in one or two trusted uh, individuals that he's worked with before, but Ange, full of confidence, came in of his own uh, accord and worked with the, the coaching staff already there, you know, the Gavin Strachan's, John Kennedy's, etc. But just a wee bit of breaking news this week was that um, uh, one of the sort of well-respected um, scouts from the City Group, uh, Joe Dudgeon's taking up a permanent appointment um, with the club. And what, as I say, I, I, I would be lying if I say I knew too much about uh, how a scouting network works, but going by the, the sort of credit that he's given by you know, the City Group and, and other parts of the football and world. It looks like another impressive appointment and hopefully it's going to help us find some uh, some more of these sort of hidden gems from all over the world to help us progress as a club. Yeah, I, I, I read that too. And, uh, you know, he was looking after uh, the New York team for a while. He was scouting for them and uh, he was doing some scouting. I, I, I think in Australia, I could be wrong, but yeah, it was another place. I'm the same. Look, I, I don't know how the, the scouting network uh, runs, but for me... At first, I've got to admit, when I heard that Andrew was coming in and he wasn't bringing any staff, there was a little bit of hold back for me going, oh, is this, the, is this the club like not being adventurous enough? You know, are we, are we just accepting the fact that we're, you know? Um, and so I was probably a little ignorant with that and a little pessimistic, to be honest, at the beginning going, well, why, why can't he bring someone? 
But then I really liked the fact that he came in, you know, chest out, feet first, and went, I'll prove it to you. I don't need stuff. Like, who I've got, I've got. I don't need to bring in new people. I've got a philosophy, and if the people get on board with that, then we're going to see magic. And he's just, listen, everything he said, has, he's, he's backed up, you know. He said it's going to take time. It took a little time. Probably got there quicker than any of us imagined. Um, but, uh, you know, he said it will take a bit of time. It's going to take time to bet our folks in. We're going to get some early signings. And then that started happening, which was just like, you know, a miracle to all of us fans because usually we'll wait until the last week of, you know, of any transfer window to get something solid, you know. And the fact that he gets all the transfers in early, gets them settled, gets them in the door. I can only imagine any other staff member he brings in, whether it's coaching or whether it's scouting, are going to be, you know, up to snuff. Um, you know, and again, even when he brought in Aaron Moy, you know, I, I think there was a few hecklers kind of going, what are you doing? You know, it's, and he's been a revelation. Every, every single person he's brought in through the door has actually ticked the box and, and brought us, you know, a better result. So in Ange, we trust, right? Absolutely, absolutely, my friend. And uh, Roscoe, same to yourself. It was obviously actually you that put it in the group chat. Um, I kind of avoided my uh, detection about the, the, the appointment of Joe Dudgeon. But as we say, it's just another sort of building block. And, uh, you know, Ange, as we say, this had a vision. That, uh, you know, it's, he, he wants to mould the club into his sort of, in his kind of own way. And we have to give credit to the, you know, we, we criticise often enough. Um, so we always, we, as we say, we always have to give credit as well where it's due. Um, you know, the likes of Michael Nicholson, etc., have have backed and supported Ange. And this is a, another appointment that will hopefully, um, you know, do well for us going forward. Aye, well, I mean, when he first came in, he obviously, like Ross has alluded to there, he came in and he didn't bring anybody with him. But he did say that he would come in and he would gauge it as he went. And that's what he's done. He's he stayed true to his word. He's gauged it. He's been quite happy with um, John Kennedy, uh, Gavin Strachan. He then put uh, McManus and O'Day in charge of the reserve team. Um, and just every so often, he's just dotted guys in gradually. Harry Kuehl, who by all accounts has been a revelation, uh, certainly working with the wingers and stuff like that. Uh, and then this guy's just another one. Uh, he touched on Michael Nicholson there, um, sort of backing him. Uh, I think when a, a new manager does come in, they're obliged to back him straight away anyway because he has to get his own men in. But he's brought guys in, and you're talking maybe, I don't know, 90%, 95% of the guys he's brought in have hit the ground running and worked really well. And in that, it gives him credit in the bank. He goes to the, like say, Michael Nicholson, the board, etc., and asks for money to get these guys. And they have to back him again because... And you say back him, they, they sold players and they used that money, obviously, before and when he came in. So they have backed him to an extent. But then at the same time, the guys he's bringing in, he's getting for... He's getting them at a snap, these quality players. And whatever you can say, I'm I'm the one for jumping on the board all the time. But the board, are, if they see a bargain there, do you know what I mean, kind of thing, they're, they're going to back them. Listen, if we can get a guy that you're saying that guy's this good and we can get him for that, then by all means, they want to get 
the best players for as cheap as they can. That's that's how any business works, at how most top businessmen would want to work. Um, but again, you do have to credit them as well because in the windows since they have backed them and it's it, right now everybody in the club is pulling and they're good, the fans and this, they're all pulling in the one direction and that is only good for the club and it's all because it started with Ange and it's just everybody has got on board with him because he's, he's just a likeable guy and they've all got on board with him and that is why everything is working how you would want Celtic are acting like a big club right now. That that's what you want because they are a big club. Absolutely, they've got that sort of swagger back, as you say. Um, but yeah, as we said, a hundred not out, and here's to a hundred more at least. Ange, but uh, Roscoe, I'm coming straight back to you because obviously <coughs> game one hundred was on Wednesday night there at home uh, to Hearts in the in the Premier League. Then got off to the best of starts. You know, we went uh, a goal behind quite early doors. But I, I, I was going to sort of bring, make this point to you and see how, what you thought of it. It felt very much to me like the, the league game at the tail end of last season when we were sort of just about over the line, but but not quite there when we, we went behind a goal quite early on. Maeda actually got the equaliser that day and then just as the game went on, we managed to sort of assert our dominance. Um, it just sort of being there, it kind of had that, that sort of same kind of feel for me. But um, after the initial... Hiccup, uh, were you pretty pleased how, how the team played? Um, aye, well, like you say, that for me, the first half hour was as poor as we've been all season. And as much as we've credited Ange there, I feel sometimes, I mean, I'm not a better, I'm, I, I don't know football better than Ange. Let's get that, hang, let's get that straight first, right? But he's made a couple of changes in that game and I think for the first half hour we struggled I think he's brought in Ralston who hasn't played a lot of football recently Bernabeu who are still for me massive question marks over but in their defence they get brought in there but he also took Hattati out of the team and for me that took away that mobility and dig in the middle of the park and it was allowing Hearts to sort of overrun us in the midfield which was then, in turn, exposing two guys at fullback who hadn't played a lot of football. And I think that was evident in Hart's first goal, where Ralston got exposed a wee bit, but he also sold himself because he tried to knock the ball and then realised he wasn't going to get there. And he was just chasing his tail after that. And obviously it was a great ball in for Halliday and actually a really good goal by Hart's. You have to credit them. But like you say, after that half hour, you sort of... They st- they never really settled that first half, but they got they got the equaliser, eh, and after that they sort of settled and got into their 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 way of playing. It wasn't again free flowing like the game against St Mirren previously, but in the end, Celtic's quality shone through, and it, it, it has done and will do for the remainder of the season. For me, I, I think even when we're not at our best, we we're going to some point in every game click into gear and when we do there's no a team in the land can live with them well can't really can't really argue anything you've said there mate <laughs> that's always getting that, hitting it on the spot as always and uh, Mr McCall did you did you manage to, to, to catch the game yourself did you anywhere showing it and uh, 
Happy with the result, of course. Yeah, I mean, look, I I, I catch every game. It'll either be at home, you know, mm-hmm. on Celtic TV, or it's uh, Paramount <coughs> now as well. So you know, yeah. I've got a plethora of choices. So and and you know, I'm also known for being on set. And if I have a break during the, the time the games are on, I sneak off and watch it. You know, so I get the games. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with what Ross was saying. I mean, I felt, I felt. I'm in a I'm in a great space with Celtic now, especially in a in a in a league. You know where I go. Uh, something Ange said early on. He said people will score against us. We'll just score more. And so <laughs> you know, and, and I love that that mentality that he has. Uh, you know, which we're all a bit worried about to begin with because we were conceding a lot of goals when he was first doing Ange ball. You know, this push forward, and we, we were we were conceding a lot. But now it does seem that the the defense is solidified and. Um, they're together and, you know, they really do pull off a lot of clean sheets. So when it was a cracking goal by Hearts, I mean, it was a, it was a great goal. Um, you know, you you look back at it and you go, uh, you know, maybe maybe we could have defended it slightly better. Um, Ralston, yeah, he's been he's been off for a while, but, you know, I, I have faith in him. And I think that's my thing with whoever he puts in the team now, I actually have a bit of faith in. Um, you know, I, I'd sort of disagree with, with Bernabe right now. I, I thought he was tasty on, on Wednesday. I thought he was skillful. I thought he was, you know, I thought he sort of was trying to show, hey, I, I can play as well. I know what you're saying. I mean, we, you know, we trust Taylor way more right now, but, you know, he doesn't fear me. It, you know, it used to be two, three seasons ago, there were certain defenders we would put on and I'd, I'd be like, oh God, this is, you know, I just wouldn't have the trust. And now I sort of do. I go, it doesn't really matter which way he you know, which way he marks it. I've got faith in in the players that he's picking. Hitate's the one right now who's just on fire and holds a team together, much like Cal Mack has for, for so long. And so putting O'Reilly and uh, was it was it Moy together? It was O'Reilly and Moy. You know, that was tricky for me. I, was like, I don't know if they really play off one another the, in the best way. Um, but look, there's a big game coming up at the weekend. It was three games in a week. Um, you know, the boss has kind of banged it over the head saying he will rotate the squad and he wants to feel confident in putting anybody in any position and feel fine with it, you know. Um, and so even though they went one nil down, there wasn't that initial, that old school Celtic fear that we all used to have whenever anyone scored a half, you know. I was like, we've got this. It's fine. And it was, you know, second half we came out and, you know, battered them. In the end, I mean, you know. it was certainly you know being at the game. You know, it was after the Hearts. To be fair, did try and play a bit more than what you know a lot of teams do tend to do against us. But there was never that sort of like you say that sinking feeling that or oh, they could right. perhaps sneak another equaliser here. That Celtic did always feel it, especially after it went two one. Um, the crowd were quite were pretty calm. I have to say, and obviously the third goal uh, we'll get on to soon. An absolute. Fantastic finish from Hak Sabanovic. Um, but, uh, McCall, I'm coming straight back to you again, just where you were saying there about some of the changes, um, etc. And like you say, as, as Ange has said a lot of the times, you know, everyone's going to be needed at some point. Everyone's got to be ready to step in. Um, of course, so, as all players naturally will, they'll want to perhaps feature more often than uh, as often as they possibly can. Do you feel that of any of the four changes um, that he made or anyone that he brought off the bench um, has maybe staked a claim for perhaps to be um, sort of 
in the team more often? Again, I, I feel that the team that he's playing, like every player that's coming on, apart from those that were injured, like Ralston and whatnot, you know, I, I sort of feel that everybody is around. Like I, I heard a stat the other day that O'Reilly's played every single game. And I was like, wow, that really, I, I didn't realise that. I thought he'd missed like a couple, you know, but it's because he subbed in. Um, mm -hmm. It's also, you know, you look at Kyogo. Kyogo subbed off every every game around 60, 70 minutes, you know. And so you look at it and you go, sure, there must be, you know, players have that, that, um, that want, that desire to play all the time. But if you're going to play uh, as many games as we play and as many competitions as we're hoping to now compete in, you know, I think Europe is really like our next, uh, our, our next link that Ange is hopefully going to try and, you know, um, prove some magic. Um, you know, these players that, that aren't playing as often can go and play for Atlanta, you know, but why would you want to go play for Atlanta? So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I get it. I understand the desire to go and play 90 minutes, but when you're, you know, like Yakamakis to me, he was, he was playing every game anyway. I, I, I didn't understand the, the math behind that unless it's financial and family and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, th there's nobody, you know, I, I think everybody is, is in the pot to play. You know, I think I think I don't see what goes on in training, and I'm sure that's half <laughs> the conversation. But um, like I said, I've I've got real faith in pretty much everybody now. There's not one player on my own. God, we're bringing him on. You know, that's sort of I'm, I'm backing them. Yeah, well, that, that that's the thing, uh, Ross. It's just the fact that. Like, like we say, usually whenever we see the, the graphic on the on the page, you know, what, what the Celtics start in 11 is for every game, you can guarantee it. You go into the comment section, it's how's such and such not playing? How's, you know, how's he starting ahead of him? Um, but more often than not, it's, it's, and it's becoming, a, not just at Celtic now, um, I would argue, Roscoe, but it's, it's a modern football kind of sort of phenomenon where you, and we see it certainly at the likes of Liverpool, um, you know, it's in, the, in the last few years where it doesn't matter if you're, you know, Mo Salah or if you're, you know, someone that's coming off the bench, you've got to be ready to go uh, at any given moment. And granted, like you say, a lot of the guys they hadn't perhaps featured too, too much in recent weeks, but then you look at Ralston's pass, for example, um, for, Kyo, for Kyogo that then laid on the equaliser. You look at Haksabanovich coming <laughs> off the bench, scoring an absolutely tremendous goal. Um We've got so much quality right through the team that you feel that, uh, as we've often said, that this is perhaps probably the most the squad with the most depth that we can remember um, in recent times. It's probably the squad with the most depth that I, 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 I like you say, in recent times, it's definitely. I mean, you look at the Martin and Neil, we've, we've alluded to it in previous podcasts, you look at the Martin and Neil team, the first 11, absolutely brilliant. But if somebody was coming in, there's a bit of a drop-off. I don't think, same even with the Rodgers, eh, some of the Lennon teams, etc. But I don't think with this team, there's well as much of a drop-off as their teams with guys who come in. Like, say, you look at Maeda went off, eh, Haksabanovic comes in. Eh, it doesn't take anything away from the team. I, like Ross, I'm comfortable most of the time when you see the lineup going in. Uh, like we try and guess the lineup on each podcast before a game, and more often than not, we get it wrong. But the one thing is, like, 
I'll say I'll say on the podcast my preferred lineup, but then Angie's lineup goes in, and I'm not going. Oh, fuck's sake! Can you hang on? When they play Tim or that, because I'm comfortable, like Ross says, with all the players. It it doesn't matter who comes in, but I have to say, I'm comfortable. I'm the the one guy that does give me slight discomfort is Bernabe, and it's not. It's not in terms of going forward. Very, very good, and he showed that in the second half the other night. But defensively, I think that, that for me there is big question marks over him still, and he has to improve on that. Not pretty quickly because we've got Taylor there who's doing the job, but he has to improve on it if he wants to. For me, make it at Celtic, and I think it was telling that the game at Ibrox, um, Taylor goes off injured. Bernabe's sitting on the bench, but he turns to Juranovic. I just think a game that magnitude at Ibrox, Ange didn't trust him. He doesn't trust him yet. Mm. But he's young and he's he's still learning. He's like came to a, 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 an alien, a country that's alien to him. Um, so I'm, I'm not writing the guy off yet. But, but I think a game like on Wednesday was perfect for him because... Oh, aye. You know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. like you're not playing one of the the, the lower teams. You are playing like a, a, a gritty heart side. Mm-hmm. Um, he's thrown him on because I agree with you. He, he didn't trust him before, you know, and he, he used to bring on Juranovic instead of him and play him out of, out of position. Um, and I think these are the sort of games that you go, OK, we've got hearts on a bounce twice in a row. Mm-hmm. It's a league game. We should have this tied up. Get out there and, you know, do your thing. And I, right. I do think it was probably a test for him. You know, and absolutely, and, and I thought he did reasonably well. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't like he wasn't giving us any, you know, Ambrose Howlers. You know what I mean? He was no, like, no, no, definitely not. He needs he needs to get games like that under his belt. But the the, yeah. the problem for him is like that's that, that's a tough game the other night again. Obviously, we made and then we made like light, light work it. But on paper, it's a tough game. Hearts are one of the better teams in the league, and he's came through it relatively unscathed but I, I look at it in the sense that I, I was a bit I'm a big I was anyway but I'm not a big fan of Greg Taylor but last season at times he was trying to get used to that new inverted fullback role for me Bernabeu isn't he used to that role yet Taylor was getting caught out sometimes with the ball over the top but the thing with Taylor was he can defend one and one a lot better than what Bernabeu can at the moment. He needs to improve on that aspect. And it's tougher for him. He's finding it tougher for me defensively than what Taylor did trying to get used to that inverted fullback because he does need to do the one-on-one defending as well as what Taylor did. But he's certainly got more pace than Taylor. He probably brings as much at the moment going forward. Um, as I say, he... I'm not writing the guy off just yet, but there is a a lot of room for improvement. I think we've warmed Roscoe up a little bit. He's like the talking clock once we get started, mate. Never stop. Like Ange himself. A little bit now. He likes him just a little more than he did five minutes ago. This is good. As I say, folks, I've actually, um, I've just realised we're 32 minutes in and I've not done a couple of usual things which I should have done. First of all, is thank our show sponsor, um, Sharna Clothing, um, who are a clothing company 
that are based, uh, whose sort of style is based very much on the lifestyle <laughs> of the terraces. So get involved, um, go onto the website, use our link, which is on the rolling bar at the bottom, and you get a 10% discount. As I say, I've been on the website myself, some cracking club are on there. So um, say thank you to them. And most importantly, obviously, thank you to everyone who joins in, our regular viewers, uh, getting involved in the comments and stuff. Ross is in the background. Ross. Stephen is in the background in the studio. He's obviously got his hands full at the moment with uh, changing nappies and whatnot, but he's bringing up as many comments as he possibly can. Um, so it's just to remind you, like everyone that tunes in, um, how much we appreciate your, your contribution to the show. We hope you're enjoying it so far. As I say, it's myself joined by the two Rossies, two legends of the game, and there's still plenty to get through tonight. So, uh, Roscoe, I'm coming back to you. Our favourite discussion points of, 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 uh, as it, it's been all season. Um, there was a few that we'll have to get through tonight. It is, of course, our favourite topic, VAR. Um, for the first time that I think I can remember, the first two goals in a game being chopped off for offside and then VAR intervening to then award the goal one for each um, side I have to say there wasn't much um, sort of roar from the, the, the Celtic crowd even when Hart scored um, you know to say it was it was definitely offside or anything like that so there was it was almost a bit of a surprise when the, the linesman had put his flag up um, and again as I say I, I sit down the other side so it was it was hard to tell from their angle when, when Ralston played the, the, the fantastic pass and um, whether Kyogo was on or not. But, um, you know, as the replay showed, I think um, on these occasions, um, the, the first two talking points that the goals were correctly awarded. Um, aye, well, we like to like poke and prod at VAR and moan about it, but it, it done its job in the two instance, incidents uh, or instances. Uh, my initial reaction with the Hearts one was in real time. I thought it was onside, and when no, did the ref, did the linesman give offside? Yeah, yeah. The, the, so Hearts scored, linesman blew for offside, and then they, they reviewed it on VAR. But Aye, as I say, that's right, th that's down the line where where I sit, and um, that is one of the times where I've you know I I thought ah, don't don't look offside, and as we've seen for the replays, it was very very tight. But I do think um, I do think Bar got it right. Aye, no, well, that's what I was going to say. My initial reaction was with the Hearts goal in real time. I thought it was onside, but then when it went to Var, I thought maybe it wasn't. But I still I wasn't like holding out any hope. But the camera evidence showed that it wasn't well onside. It, mm -hmm. I've heard some people saying that it, even because they they done the, like the lines and the blue line was slightly in front of the green line, or it was offside. I mean, for me, it wasn't offside. It, it was absolutely level. If if he was offside, it was a hair on his knee. Come on, we're giving the we're giving the striker the benefit of doubt. Whether it's the Celtic striker or the Heart striker, but in terms of the Kyogo one, okay, Var done its job, but for goodness sake. That that Aye, I mean, if VAR's not in place and that goal gets chopped off, Celtic are down 1 0 at home, trying to get back into the game, and that linesman makes that decision. It is an appalling decision because it's not even close. And mm -hmm. I said it at the time before the replay, you could, you could see he was well on. And mm -hmm. even like him, I think him and uh, Kyogo and Maeda were pretty much level with each other, and the guy. Mm -hmm nearest the linesman was playing them all on. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And the linesman gives offside. It was bizarre. But again, we like to poke and prod at VAR, but they got it spot on. And just, just one, they, they did. You're absolutely spot on. And just one <laughs> other kind of talking point that Robbie Nielsen certainly brought up uh, time and time again to the delight of the Daily Record and other assorted media in recent days. Um, the potential red card for Bernabeu, um, I have to say, it didn't, certainly didn't look a red card to me. Um, I think, obviously, he left his leg out, but that's not, for me, it, it, it certainly didn't look a red card. And if it, if it had been given, I think Celtic would have had very much um, a lot of ground to appeal. Was that to me? That, that, that was for you, yeah. I was going all oh, three sorry. decisions for you, then yeah, getting uh, <laughs> thoughts on it. Um, sorry, what what decision was that again? I was reading oh, that right, comment. Right. <laughs> I was reading that comment. I got distracted. <laughs> oh, the Bernabeu red card, I. I mean, God. Your favourite player. <laughs> I can't multitask. Just because. It was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I uh, no, listen. The, the comments for Robbie Nielsen, I don't know if they were... I've heard some people saying it, trying to think me for the referees for the next game or whatever to put that in their mind, but if he's been serious there, then it's, it's sour grapes. Every time, every time Celtic beat Hearts or play Hearts, he never credits Celtic for the way in which they played. And I don't particularly care if he does, but I think it's the right thing to do when we're playing as well as what we are. And he just always finds some sort of excuse, some decision. Even if, I mean, it wasn't a red card. He should have got booked for it, but it wasn't a red card. But even if he does send them off, I still think Celtic have maybe got enough to go on and win that game. They're, they're a far, far better team than Hearts. And Hearts were in the end outplayed bar that maybe first half hour and for him to pick that is t- pretty much as to why Hearts lost the game he sort of alluded to is bizarre but it was never a red card absolutely a yellow and it was poor that he didn't get a yellow for it but there was no malice in it and it, it wasn't like there was like weight behind it or that because he was almost doing the splits if you like he was just like Stretching to get the ball, poorly timed, was never getting there, and it should have been a button. No more. Yeah, yeah I agree, but de- definitely um, not a red. And uh, Mr. McCall, what was your, your sort of own views on all the VAR talking points? Obviously, two goals that went to the went to the, the monitor, and of course the Bernabeu red card incident. Well, I think VAR's doing its job. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a much maligned conversation now, but it's like, look, when. I feel that a lot of uh, linesmen now are just raising the flag because they've got security of VAR, right? So they know that it will probably go to VAR because I agree it was absolutely ludicrous that he put his flag up on on the on the on our goal, and had that have been chalked off before VAR was in you know invented or or brought up north, uh, we would have been you know ready to tear his arms off. I think I think a lot of them raise the flag now because they've got the cushion of VAR behind them and they know it will be checked. So to me, I go look if it's if it is, you know, chalking off goals that are offside or that are a foul, then I go that's fairness. You know, I, I, I'm into it. I'm I'm like everyone else. How it takes so long is beyond most of us. You know, it does slow the game down a little bit. 
but like everything, we've we've all gotten used to it now. You know, when a goal goes in, we cheer and then we wait and then we cheer again. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's become a part, the fun. Yeah, it's becoming part of our game now. You know, um, and also listen, if a goal gets put in against us and VAR looks at it and it's offside, we're happy. You know, we're glad that somebody's intervened. So I think it has its benefits. It's just, you know, the timing of it takes a little bit, you know. As far as uh, Roscoe's favourite player, I don't think it was a red card. (laughs) In fact, I looked at it back and I was like, the fact that we're even looking at this is a joke. And, you know, had they have red carded him, it would have been uh, just a a salty... um, a salty decision from the ref. And as far as their manager, I mean, look, you know, we all know his, his nose is a very different colour to ours. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and when that happens, when that happens you know, I, I often look at another part of our city and, um, you know, that establishment, goes, it's a different mentality and it is all about, um, you know, slaying the other people and, I, I put something out on social the other week. You know, it was after the Rangers game, and it was like, you know, for the past two weeks, ex-players, ex-managers, players, managers, pundits, blah blah, were just slating, bad mouthing, putting down anyone they could from our team, and our team remained silent and humble. And then we went out and humbly won, right? And so that's the class that that we have in our football club. And so when I hear comments like, you know, the decapitation comment, I know it was said with a, a, a wry smile, you know, the, the press will print these things and it makes it sound like, you know, he's Henry VIII saying he wants to chop people's heads off. He didn't. He said it sort of jokingly. But you go, come on, mate. But we know. We know where his, you know, allegiance lies. And that's okay. He's hurting, you know. So, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as, um, as somebody put it out on uh, online, he says we don't know um, we don't know why he was in such a bad mood because his favourite team won four one that night. But you know, what should I, I, I say no more. Um, but uh, but um, Ross McCall, I'm coming straight back to you just with regards to the, the three goals Celtic scored, three um, brilliant strikes, yeah. um, all they're all different. But obviously, the first one with Tony Ralston, fantastic pass. And Kyogo inch perfect with the delivery in for, for Maida, who unfortunately picked up a bit of an injury um, with it. But just fantastic determination to get there before Xander Clark. Um, the second one, great tra- tracking back from, from Jota, um, getting the ball onto Moy, who yet again, another assist from uh, from Big Daddy Cool, uh, brilliantly taken by Kyogo um, first time. And then an absolute piece of individual magic from uh, Sabanovic, as I say. Um, we, every goal counts, we celebrate them all, but sometimes when they go in like that, they're just that little bit extra special. Yeah, and look, I mean, just, you know, talk about Maeda's goal, first of all, it's just, he's he's been on fire since he came back from the World Cup, you know, he's really found his footing now. I think he was one of those players that were all a bit on, on the edge of bat, he was scoring mm-hmm. occasionally, but was he really doing what we thought he was going to do? And I think he's proven that now, you know, he, he seems like a very subtle player. I mean, he's fast as lightning. The boy never stops running. You know, I, I think he runs home after every game. He's just, he's immense. And, um, you know, and it's a shame to see him take that knock. And you could see it as soon as he got a goal, you know, he didn't celebrate. He's, he's rubbing his knee, you know. Um, and I've seen the pictures of 
him on crutches and, and stuff. But I mean, that could just be precautionary, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's he's electric to watch, and when he's on fire, he's on fire. You know, he can mm-hmm. take players on. He takes it right down to the byline, and he's um, yeah, I, I love watching him. And then uh, uh, Kyogo's goal, you're right. I mean, brilliant play from Jota. I think Jota tackles, gets the ball back, and then cuts it through like three of their players. Um, almost behind him, but it wasn't. It was like a crossbow, wasn't it, to, to Moy. And uh, and I, I've watched that go back, and in my head, I'm going, I thought he would have passed the ball to the right. And that's the mm-hmm. genius of Yogo, is he just goes, uh-uh, I'm going to go here, which is going to, you know, confuse the defenders because mm-hmm. they're all thinking it's going right as well. And we as fans are thinking it. Um, and a cracking, you know, I think it was the first touch, wasn't it? Did he take a touch and then hit it? I can't remember. But it was a cracking goal. Yeah. I think you're right. And then I was delighted to see Paxa get that goal. I mean, you know, he missed that <laughs> against Rangers, um, which I, I, you know, any footballer worth their salt is going to be licking their wounds about it, you know, because that was a big miss. Um, uh, and he should have just, you know, completely buried them. But it is what it is. Uh, his play up until that goal at Rangers was phenomenal. You know, his play to get the ball up there was great. Um so for to see him come out and, and latch on to that against Hearts, it was a stunner. Um, and one of those, we've seen that move a million times where they cut back in, but, you know, either somebody blocks it or, you know, it's a miss here or a miss a target or whatever. And the fact that he, he put it, you know, in the top bin, it was like, yeah, cracker. And he's like, what a player. And again, it goes back to what we're saying. You know, you, you bring the likes of him on, uh, you know, instead of Jota sometimes or, Abada instead of Maeda or, or mix and match. There's, we've really got some fantastic players that can come on and, and pull out bits of magic. We, we, we certainly do. And uh, Roscoe, your thoughts on Celtics 3 magnificent strikes at the midweek? Um, well, I mean, you have to touch on that pass for Ralston, first of all. It's outstanding. He's not had a great first half, but he's still got that in his locker. And it was a, a perfect par, perfectly weighted pass. Kyogo doesn't have to break stride, and then uh, Maeda's doing what he does. He's just he just gets in the right areas. He knows where to be. He doesn't always execute it perfectly, but he's just a, he's a fantastic player. Uh, Maeda, I've said it. I've told you guys. Uh, he's probably I know Hatate is absolutely outstanding and really in running for player of the year. But what had a sorry? What Maeda brings to the team, I, I I could watch him all day. That work rate is unbelievable. If we're playing a big game, a game where we're not going to be in complete control all the time, like say if he was fit, the Mora, eh, ah, it's the Mora. Um, if he's fit, he, he plays for me in that game. The cup final, if he's fit, he plays. We're going to Ibrox, my head is fit, he plays, he has to, because his work rate is phenomenal. And what that work rate, what it brings to the team, and it allows your your Jotas, your Kyogos, your Hatatis to go and do what they do and do the technical stuff on the ball. But if he isn't going to be fit, eh, I, I, I would really... Eh, like to see Haksabanovic getting a, a, a crack at the whip with the Mora and getting a start because I think we've got obviously Maeda does the work rate, we've got Abada who's very direct, 
We've got Jota, who does all the, 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 the he's got the tricks and flicks. But I think probably I would say Haksabanovic out of them all is probably the most technically gifted. He's probably the the most cultured footballer of them all, uh, and he needs a run in the team. But again, it goes back to it. Everybody will have their favourites, but you, you, you couldn't actually say who is the number one on that left side because they they all bring. I tell, I tell you, you could probably say that Maeda has got the jersey the now just, but he might have a wee spell out the team here, and then it's like you say, you have to be ready to go, and whoever comes in. I believe, will be ready to go and they'll stake a claim and give Ange a headache, but a good headache. But, um, the thing with Maeda too, though, the thing that we miss out on him is he is a 90-minute player. You know, he can he can I, really, like, keep at it. And I'm not sure, but it could be wrong, but, you know, Haxa probably isn't there yet. You know, he's probably not up <coughs> enough. So, you know, would have to sub out and whatever. And that's, that's the only, you know, negative side to it. But I mean, I agree. With you. I, I mean, my aid is undroppable to me. Aye, I, I totally agree with that. It, he's he's phenomenal. Again, what I've said, his his work rate is phenomenal. But touching on uh, the second goal, um, I was just trying to think what the second goal was there. <laughs> um, aye, Jota. I mean, just a bit like Jota is. He's a luxury player, if you like, but. He's not a luxury player in this team because Ange won't allow him to be. He's got the tricks and flicks. He can drop the shoulder, beat a man. He can shoot for distance. He can skin guys. He's just, he's an all-round great winger. He's what you want, but he's not a luxury player in this team. And what he done, he ran back, he won the ball. That Luxury players don't do that. He's not allowed to be a luxury player. Mm. And he wins that ball back. He does the, the sort of disguised pass and takes out about three guys. And then Ross alluded to it. Uh, Aaron Moy, it, you would expect him to play it to the right. But Kyogo makes that run. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I seen, it was a picture came up on social media the other day. And it was like a team picture. And it was um, uh, Kyogo. And then next to him was David Villa and Iniesta with the Japanese team and uh, the, the the caption was like, all right, now we get it because he's making these runs and it's because these guys have tell him, like Anesta will say, you make this run, I'll find you. Mm. David Villa says, that's the runs I make and he's found me over the years. Mm-hmm. It's no a coincidence. He's runs, he, he makes, even Ange's alluded to it uh, and he's, I think he, he alluded to it after the Harps game the other night, how we need to start picking up his runs more and he was asked about it in his press conference today <laughs> but that run was the the run you would least expect and it got him in and he finishes keepers no chance past him before he even knows and then the Haxabanovich goal is just a moment of pure class uh, that you can see he's got in his locker and he's tried it on numerous occasions to come inside doesn't he always execute it? He doesn't make the connection, but this time he did. And if you keep trying something, eventually it'll come off. And it did the other night, and it was a fantastic goal. And as I say, I really hope if Maya doesn't fit, he gets his opportunity because I believe he'll take it. Yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, that's a, been a seamless transition, Roscoe, into <laughs> uh, the big game for tomorrow. Um, because it will be 
our potential um, member of the starting eleven. Obviously, Wednesday night was the first of our double header um, against our good friends from Gorgie. Um, the second one, obviously, coming tomorrow in the Scottish <laughs> Cup at Tyne Castle. I think it goes without saying, probably perhaps out with a, a derby away from home, the toughest fixture we could have possibly got uh, in the Scottish Cup quarter-final stage. Um, I suppose one thing going for us at the moment, along, apart from our blistering form that we're in, is the fact that we'll have, I think, the full stand um, behind the goals. But obviously, just with the, the rules regarding ticket allocation, we'll have a bigger support than we normally have. But, we, you know, we're obviously, goes without saying, and we make no bones about it, we're select daft on this um, page. But I, I think... We do like to be fair when when we when we have to be, and we're under no illusion. It's going to be a very difficult game tomorrow in a, a powder keg atmosphere. Yeah, but I think that's what adds to the excitement for this squad. Um, you know, I, and I think that's what adds to the excitement to 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 the to the boss. You know, I think he relishes these kind of games. Um, you know, you can play like weaker teams, and it can always be a banana skin because you know. You never know what's going to happen or whatever. And so there's always that nervy start, you know, before the game for us fans. You know, you're like, oh, you know, I hope we turn up, I hope we turn up. This team are turning up, you know, and I don't know what goes on behind the closed doors. I don't know what the, the conversation between manager and player is, but you can sort of imagine that um, they're all aware of this. They're all aware of the powder keg. They're all aware of uh, the the toughness of the game, you know, they'll respect the opponent as they do. But the truth is, you know, I've looked at this double header almost like a two legged, you know, cup game in, in a weird way where it goes, you know, if we just won the first leg three, one, we'd be going in very, very confidently into that second leg, um, you know, which is what we're doing. And, and so, uh, you know, I, uh, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> Here's hoping, uh, here's hoping, mate. And uh, Roscoe, what's your own thoughts? As I say, I remember when the draw was made, that was your first thing in the group chat. Couldn't couldn't they ask for a tougher draw? But um, it's here now. How are you feeling? Um, confident? Always confident. Uh, with this team, certainly always confident going into every game. I think the winning run we're on just, it just gives you that confidence in the way we play. Uh, but I, I mean... Like you said, I said that when the draw was made, uh, it, it, it's as tough as it gets, bar Ibrox. Um, but if you want to go and win a treble, you want to go and win the Scottish Cup, you have to beat probably Hearts or you have to beat Rangers uh, at some point in the competition because they're the two strongest teams out with Celtic. Uh, and I, I mean, I would probably rather get them at Hamden uh, in the mm-hmm. semi-final, but it's it's going to be, like you say, a powder keg atmosphere. Ange was asked about it today, and he said uh, about the atmosphere, and he said um, standing on the touchline in the middle of it, that's it, like I, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a manager, that's what I do, and that's where I've got to be. I can't watch it in the house, uh, but there's nowhere else I'd rather be standing than in the middle of it. Uh, and I think that that sort of line just alludes to what he'll be saying to the players and the players are I thought he was talking about me there (laughs) 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 he's not (laughs) (laughs) Um, but aye that's that's how he'll have the players thinking as well and they'll they'll be ready for the game and make no bones about it it'll be a tough game 
and Hearts will be well up for it because it's a one-off game. It's not like you have... I don't think Hearts will be cagey. I think they'll come out the, the blocks dead fast, really try and take the game to Celtic. But it's all right having that plan, but it's this Celtic team you're trying to take the game to. And once you get that wee slap in the face, it's like a boxer going into the boxing ring. Like They've all got a plan to get punched in the face. Yeah. And Unfortunately, that's we don't know if we're going to see Tyson Fury be Yusuk anytime oh. soon. Uh, but what <laughs> you do, Roscoe? Um, so, Roscoe, mate, I'm putting you on the spot. If you were Ange, give me your starting 11 and your scoreline prediction. Um, right, well, before I give you the starting 11, I'm sure I might be wrong, correct me. Somebody even in the comments, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure Ange said today that Maeda hadn't trained the day, but. Okay. He was going to gauge the Mora and he was maybe 50 50. I might have picked that up wrong because it was the Wayne was doing stuff in the background. It was it was all happening, but uh, that's what I took for it. Um, but we'll go with Maeda, isn't he fit just now? So I'll go Hart and Goals, uh, back four picks itself, um, Bernabai. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Taylor, Starfelt, CCV. Um, Alistair Johnston, uh, McGregor, Hitati, and I'm going to go with Moy. Moria Goldfret, he's just in a, probably a, a richer veiny form than O'Reilly the now, uh, and he's got that bit more physicality, I would say. Um, and then my front three would obviously be Kyogo, and I would go with, I, I don't think I've made any secret here, Haksabanovic on the left and uh, Jota on the right. That, 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 that's 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 my team. That, I, um, I have to say that's uh, the, the the team I would pick. And uh, what about yourself, Ross? If you were the man in charge tomorrow, who would uh, you trust to get us into the the semi final draw? I would. I'd be the exact same with the uh, with the defensive line, with the midfield, and the forwards. The only one that I would say, and it's not, it would be my choice. I'm saying mm. it could be a choice. Is I think he might do a barter. Mm. He, he might do a barter. And just because I, you know, he does like to start him, but you know, I'd be happy with either. You know, I'll go back to my original thing. I won't be disappointed if it's one or the other. So, and if uh, if, if you were so, a betting man, what would your scoreline prediction be? I'm not going to do a scoreline prediction. Yeah, I got him. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is I I fucking love Tyne Castle. So they are, man. It's gritty. It's like they're in our face. We don't care. And, you know, especially now that you've said that we've got a crowd behind us as well, we've got the allocation of the tickets. I mean, we can literally turn that place upside down tomorrow. If we do yeah. it's, it's a great stadium. There's no getting away from it. As I say, like the crowd that, you know, been there a few times myself, you're right on the, in, in the action. It's um, very compact, but it makes for a, a terrific atmosphere. And as I say, like you say, we have a massive support behind the goals. Hopefully we'll be making plenty of the noise uh, tomorrow. What we'll, we'll time off tomorrow? 12, 12, 15, 12, 12, 15, yep. So I'm getting, uh, up, so it's an early I'm, one. I'm getting up at 4am tomorrow, lads. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dedication for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Roscoe? If you, had, uh, if you had any cash in the pocket, what would you pick? Um, uh, um, I would go, I think Hearts will be well up for it, but again, I, I think Celtic will bring in your, your Hattatis and stuff, as I've said. Uh, I think we'll win 4-1. 4-1? Oh, I'd take that any day of the week, mate. 
by the way, there was a comment, Stephen, I think it's Stephen that's in the comments, he brought it up. It was Brown Warrior. had a, He had a question. I, I never got to read it, but I, I think he was asking Ross a question. Oh, yeah. Well, I would like to know what Ross thought of Xander's antic, antics after taking Maida out. Well, that was uh, for the first goal. Oh, when he, when he... Oh, well, when he was he was diving around as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Xander's the same, you know, look... <laughs> I respect professional footballers. I respect mm-hmm. them all, right? But, you know, there's certain ones that just have a thing in them where they just uh, want to uh, prolong time-wasting. They want to, you know, I don't know. It's the same as Alan McGregor kicking out of Kyogo after he scored. And, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's, it happens. And I don't like it, but it just makes sense that that's where it's coming from. So it, it doesn't surprise me, is my thought. Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, Matt Kearney, one of our other friends of the show, is saying, great show. Thanks very much, mate, and uh, good luck with your guys' show tonight. Uh, I'm sure it'll be great um, starting, I think it's just about starting now, actually, I think. Right, uh, nine o'clock be, for the Boise bus. But um, that kind of wraps up proceedings for tonight, guys. Um, Mr McCall, I want to thank you again for giving up your time to uh, join us again. It's always yeah. great having you on. My and uh, we, we just thought we'd give you this um, little bit of time, obviously, a lot of people in the comments very familiar with um, all, all your, you know, your body of work that you've done um, mm. over the years. But we're just wondering if there was anything else um, in the pipeline soon that um, fans of, uh, you know, other us fans could uh, could look forward to. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've still got a Violet Man is still out in the UK. I think where you know, mm. if you haven't seen it, check it out and tell us what you think. Um, and uh, yeah, we got a lot of heat with that. Like New York Times listed it as a top five films to stream last year, which is crazy for a film of Craig Fairbrass. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but it's, a, it's a decent little flick, so check it out. And I'm shooting now a film called Unwinding um, here in Los Angeles. And so I'm banging that out and I wrap up next week, I think. And then um, what about TV shows? I think Suspicion's still on Apple, but I mean, those are the only things that are going on. Um, and more to follow at the end of the year. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. Watch this space. Well, we never know. We might be have you back on them, um, plugging it again, mate. When, yeah, when that, that, that time comes. So, yeah. Roscoe, your your namesake's uh, filming Hollywood films. What are you up to tomorrow? Um, finishing a wee bit of woodwork in a woman's bedroom. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like watching I like parts of that sentence. By the way, I'm <laughs> woodwork in a woman's bedroom. We could we could dissect that. But go take for that what you will, I. <laughs> uh, and on that note boys I think that's as good a time as any uh, to wrap up proceedings but uh, thanks to everyone for getting involved again in the, the show tonight and all the comments we appreciate them all and uh, whenever you're watching the game tomorrow stay safe and fingers crossed um, the boys will do the business and be in that semi-final draw um, come Monday night Our thanks again of course again to, to Ross McCall uh, for giving up his time from the other side of the pond uh, enjoy the match tomorrow mate with your early rise and we'll speak to you again soon and to our show regular Roscoe just for doing Roscoe things every day of the week and uh, all the best folks and we will see you on Monday night hail hail
we're still on. Just waiting on Stephen dropping us off. It usually comes up, broadcast is ended. Hey, let's just stay on. Hey, we're still here. Stay on until we're getting sent off. Rather than us all just staring, smiling at the screen, nodding. I know, eh? (laughs) There he's there. Is that us? Hey, we are. A bit of tiny issues, but that's us. (laughs) Lads, listen, thank you so much.